There Welcome we go. to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a fantastic show today. How do I know? Because it's a show. It's Valentine's Day, and I really just felt like I owed it to you because, let's face it, if you're here watching the WAN Show, it was because you didn't have anything better to do. Oh. Yep, yep. I went there, oh. went straight there. What if it's just not till later? Just like us. Well, you know, for most of the continent, it is later. Oh. Well. You know, you know what though? That's fine. We appreciate you yeah. guys spending your Valentine's Day we're with here. us. That's right. We're we're here. <laughs> we're here, but we're together. Oh, so that's true. It's fine. You can be my Valentine. Yeah. All right, guys. Happy <laughs> Friday. We've got a lot of great topics for you all today. The word on the street. What yeah. street is this? The, the street where you fight. Yeah, why do people talk about things like this on the street? I, I want to find the street where we just talk about, like, tech Tech rumors. news? Yeah. Tech news tech street. Tech news street. Yeah. Um, Intel XE GPUs are rumored to be coming in configurations as hot as 500 watts. Woo! Woo! So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Sony is apparently struggling with PlayStation 5 price due to costly parts. Well, that's what happens when you just build a gaming piece. <laughs> uh, the, whoa, my thing just scrolled away like crazy. Elon Musk's Starlink plan was approved for Australia. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about how nobody wanted to get NVIDIA pregnant. That, well, that's, oh, that's where, oh. You really wanted to do that one, didn't you? Wow. I did. That was pretty good. But that's, yeah, we'll get into that later, too. Yep. Yeah, yep. sort of. It was like their Valentine's Day present. Was that they pulled out? Yeah. Uh, uh, intro, intro. <laughs> Emergency intro. <laughs> bail. Hard bail. Run away. <laughs> the show today is brought to you by Bessie Footwear. Back blaze. Blazing backs, backs that are on fire. Yeah. And PIA. Yes, I've decided to let them back into my heart this Valentine's Day. And we'll talk a little bit more about that during the spot for that. If them. you're having a rough Valentine's Day, PIA. Like what? Torrenting? Like. Sure. Content? <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? Sometimes I can't tell what we're talking about. Uh, all right, let's jump right into Intel's XC Series GPUs. There's yes. another round of leaks, and yeah. what I've heard is that we should expect something this year, and it always happens. As you get closer and closer to the release date, the leaks start coming hard and heavy. It is Valentine's Day after all. <laughs> Hot and heavy, excuse me, sorry, sorry. This um, one seems almost in direct response to the previous leak. It kind of does, actually. So Digital Trends has obtained parts of an internal presentation. That's the thing about internal presentations. If you never intend for anybody to see it, why make a presentation? Well, I think I, not... I know, I know. Executives need PowerPoints because they have the attention spans of and mice. No idea what's going on. Uh, okay, so Digital Trends has obtained parts of what is allegedly an internal presentation from Intel's data center group that gives the first real look at what Intel XE codename Arctic, Arctic Sound, Sound. Cool. is capable of. Yes, let's celebrate the Arctic before it's all gone. Before, yeah. Um, the presentation details features 
that were current as of early 2019. So, it appears as though Intel has at least three distinct cards in the works with TDPs ranging from 75 watts all the way up to 500 watts! <laughs> which is the most we've ever seen from any manufacturer. Yeah. One of the hottest GPUs that I can remember was AMD's R600. To, to clarify here for one second, just before people are like, this is gonna burn my house down. It's not made it for, could. well. Probably yeah. not though. But it's not really made for your house. It requires a 48 volt power connector, which is only provided in server power supplies. I'm sure someone will find a way. Um, but this is not gonna be like an average consumer card. I wanna know what the power draw of the Radeon HD 2900 was. That thing was redonkadonk. Um, well, you look at that, the base card is 75 watt to 105 watt TDP, it, it ranges. It is single tile. Uh, and these are probably going to be more of your average consumer cards. Then they step up to a dual tile GPU with a 300 watt TDP. This will either be pretty high-end consumer or workstation level cards. Um, it's 50 watts higher than the already power-hungry NVIDIA RTX 2080 Ti, um, and it's in their high power category. Then the last one, that up to 500 watt, it ranges from 400 to 500 watts. It is a four-tile card, and it requires that 48-volt power connector that I mentioned earlier, so is probably just kind of like a data center-centric card. Okay, so the closest we've ever seen in the past was apparently the GeForce GTX Titan Z clocking in at, I remember this, because it broke the PCI Express like specification, because it was 375 watts. Now, there have <coughs> been some other kind of weird exceptions. So the Asus ROG Matrix GTX 580 Platinum, that was a non-reference card, apparently could peak at 370 watts. The GTX 590 was apparently around 365 with the power limiter on. These are all dual GPU I was just cards say, yeah. so far though. Um, the, the highest TDP single GPU card that I can see is the 580. This is, I'm using the geeks3d.com database. Uh, I don't know, can I do like a control F3 asterisk asterisk? Is, is that gonna work? No. You sure? You sure that won't work? Yeah. Why don't Why don't placeholders work for this? That sucks. That okay. would be kind of neat. What about on the Radeon side? They've done a couple 300 waters, so the 290, 290X, and the 295X2. Yes, it's been done before. The R9 295X2 was apparently a 500 watt card. Crazy. All Again, right. dual GPU though. So not quite unprecedented. Although, although Quantile. this seems to suggest that it's going to have multiple, well, maybe not, ugh, like how, where do you draw the line between yeah. a GPU and a tile? Because I mean, I don't think anybody looks at something like a, a Ryzen uh, 3950X and goes, oh, well that's multiple CPUs. We call it multiple CPU cores. And GPUs, in much the same way, could have multiple cores on separate dies because that's exactly what AMD is doing on their CPUs. They've actually got chiplets, so these are little like mini chips, and highly related. And they're the all same. yeah, they're all connected through like an I/O hub. So if Intel is planning a design like that, where do we draw the line between like what constitutes a GPU and what constitutes like a GPU chiplet or a 
w would it just kill Intel to use the same terminology as everyone else? <laughs> Could they just it call it a happen. chiplet? I don't I, know. I, I like chiplet. I like tile. I, uh, I, you like tile? I think tile's fine. All right, explain, explain yourself. I mean, when you look at it, kind of, you know, I think it just kind of looks like a tile. Like, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. Looks like a tile. I don't think it's that bad. I think there's been much worse na <laughs> I think there's been much worse naming schemes, including their own most recent no, CPUs. No, you're a tile. You're a tile. <laughs> Fine, fair. Um, what was I going to say? I, I would almost look at it as uh, the ones that don't have four tiles. I'm not a tile. Or, tile. or chiplets. I knew something was coming. <laughs> would be like cut down versions, and a four tile or chiplet one would be one full unit. Don't call me a tile. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. I, 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 tile, chiplet, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, PCIe 4 compatibility as well. Exciting. Not that there will be any Intel motherboards to plug it into. No. But, I mean, I, 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 maybe by the time this thing actually arrives. Okay, so with this in mind, are you more or less excited for Intel graphics to enter the Octagon? I am more excited. You're more excited. Because previously, I think we had only heard of the 75-watt version. Is that right? Yeah, so I think we... we we were looking at that going, okay, this is going to be like 1050, 1050 Ti level performance. Um, but would four 1050 Ti's really <laughs> excite you at 500 watts? Bearing in mind, uh. bearing in mind that the rumor mill is seeming to suggest that NVIDIA's upcoming RTX 3000 series cards could be as much as 75% faster than their current ones. I'm not necessarily saying... I am notably excited. Mm. I'm saying I'm more excited. More excited, okay. Because it seemed like they had like a, I don't know, what, mid to low range laptop card ready to go. And then they were just like, yeah, when we release the desktop version, it's just gonna be the laptop one, just on a card. And that was really boring. And now it's like, hey. Hey, 500 watts. <laughs> it's not boring anymore. All the power. I, I don't know if it's going to be good, but it's not yeah. boring anymore. And it might be one of those things where it's architected mainly for the data center. So it ends up being like really great for machine learning something, or something yeah. like that. But on the desktop, it actually ends up not making a ton of sense. It could be not really aimed at consumers at all. It could yes. the, the laptop version one could be like, Eh, it goes in laptops, it goes in cheap desktops. Yeah. Then there could be a genuinely workstation card. And we might end up seeing it in a lot card. of laptops because Intel will pull some kind of like a Centrino type branding where, okay, if you if you buy an Intel wireless chipset and a motherboard chipset and a CPU and a graphics chipset, you have this like Intel Intel Ice Trailwell row. <laughs> Like, you get a cool badge and maybe yeah. it's cheaper or something. I don't know. Yeah, we help you with like marketing, like a, probably. Yeah, usually that's the way it goes. You don't really get a discount, but you get like, you know, $3 worth of MDF. And if you buy enough of them, then all of a sudden you can buy yourself a Super Bowl ad or whatever the case may be. Um, all right. What else we got? Before we for? keep going. Oh, yes. Because we're done that one. Yes. You have a new YouTube channel? Yes. Should we talk about and that? And I have a new float plane channel. Oh. Well, just goes on float plane as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. okay, I am ready to talk about how it works on float plane. By the way, we're uploading 4K videos to float plane now. Nice. Okay. So Linus Tech Tips. So is EPOS. One week early access, except when it isn't convenient. 
Okay. Okay. So like if there's an embargoed product, that's going to go up at the same time. Or if a sponsor is like, yeah, no, you're not allowed to release it like early on that one. We want it to go everywhere at once. We're like, um, okay, I guess. Uh, Or (laughs) if for whatever reason we think that this item is time sensitive because like, I mean, a perfect example would be the kickproof TV. I think we only did like a one day window on it or something like that because we were deeply concerned that it was going to be yet another one of those stupid situations. Ah, like the two terabytes of RAM opening Chrome tabs one, where that video was live on Floatplane actually for about a month. <laughs> and then someone else, uh, Jonathan Morrison, uploaded a video uh, opening up as many Chrome tabs as he could on his Mac. And then two days later, we upload the video doing it to YouTube. And people were like, uh, 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 TLD did it first. It's like, Sort of. Um, <laughs> not really, but sort of. And also, it doesn't matter. We're, neither oh, of us man. are the first ones to come up with that idea. No. Um, anyway, so if we think for whatever reason that it's time sensitive, then we might do a shorter window, but we're going to aim for a week. Tech Wiki, one week. Unless it's time sensitive, like, oh, it's you know a rundown of the latest Android OS or something sure. like that, where yeah. it's more like news oriented. So that'll be pretty rare. That'll be pretty rare on TechWiki, but it'll happen from time to time. Yeah. TechLinked, simultaneous release. I think sometimes it hits Floatplane like half an hour earlier. But sure. Yeah, so we'll, we'll upload it to there first, but whoever's done processing basically wins the race, so pressure's on you guys. Hey! Channel Super Fun is back. Yeah! The first upload in years. I in years, so. went up today. Well, a week ago on Floatplane. So Channel Superfund is still going to have a one-week window. There would I, I'm not going to promise that we would never, ever do a simultaneous release or a shorter window, just because if there was some compelling reason, then we might do it. Then but sure. we're targeting a one-week window, just like LTT. And then finally, Short Circuit hey. is the new channel. So... What makes Short Circuit different from LTT is the question that a lot of people have asked internally and a lot of our viewers have asked already. Seeing the Short Circuit uh, teaser trailer sort of uh, pilot episode that went up on the Linus Tech Tips channel earlier today as an extra release. And then also the first official Short Circuit video that went up hours later. I had actually intended for those to be like a few days apart. Yeah. Um, So they went up like right after each other, which is sort of not what I had planned, but it's okay. It's, uh, you know what? The team, the team's dealing with it, so I'm just I'm leaving it be. Um, so we've had a lot of people ask, well, what exactly is the difference? And the difference is that a lot of the time, LTT has sort of become uh, an unwieldy ship to steer. <laughs> well, it has. Yeah, it's fine. It has. Yeah. There's like, you have a gray hair in your beard. Yeah, a wow. few of them, actually. Huh, how about that? Yeah. Um, Hmm. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you I know. knew me pre beard. I know. I and know. Now, now the beard like has gray getting hairs. Getting great. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so LTT. It has been that long. <laughs> yeah. LTT has become a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a big ship to steer. So when we decide to do a project, we have to, we have to tick all these boxes. Like it has to be important enough to a broad enough slice of the community. Okay. There has to be a title and a thumbnail that is going to keep up the momentum of the channel. Highly enticing. You cannot afford on a 10 million subscriber channel, you cannot afford to upload a week's worth of like niche, you know, videos about some, you know, weird 
phone with a keyboard on it. That's actually the first video that went up on Short Circuit from some brand nobody's ever heard of when everybody else is uploading Galaxy S20 Ultra videos. That's the kind of thing that gets people to click, you know, not interested and quickly takes that momentum that you have and destroys it. And when your momentum goes down, it can take months to recover if you recover at all. LTT took about seven months to fully recover from the dip that it was going through from January to April of 2019. So we are finally back on track and I would not do even no matter how cool I think some product is, I would not compromise the health of the channel and therefore the health of this company in order to make a video about it. That is where Short Circuit comes in. So whether it's something that just doesn't have enough material in it for an LTT, like one of the rules for an LTT video, along with being something enough people are interested in and thumbnail and title, is that there has to be some kind of a learning outcome. So even if it's some you know stupid little item that's like a you know, weird $2 adapter that I found on AliExpress, there always has to be some learnable thing in the video. So uh, an example was we did a DIM to M.2 adapter. Okay. So I bought that just for an excuse to talk about the different standards that exist for M.2, because some of them run NVMe, some of them actually use the older SATA protocol, and the drives themselves are not interchangeable, and also because I wanted to talk about buying weird adapters on sites like eBay and AliExpress, okay, yeah. and then being disappointed because they don't work exactly the way that you <laughs> expected them to. Yeah. Just looking at that product listing, if I wasn't a really savvy shopper, and I, sometimes I play the dummy a little bit in the video, I knew exactly what I was buying, guys. Um, but if, you, if I were a non-savvy shopper looking at that product, it would have looked like I installed this in a memory slot, and then I was able to add an extra SSD to my system like yeah, that. Yeah. But that's not how it works. A memory interface is designed to have direct access to the DRAM dies that are on the module. It, it, it's not designed to interface with a controller, which is how any drive, whether it's NVMe, uh, SATA SSD, SATA hard drive, that's, that's how that's designed to be accessed. And there was, before that video went out, there was genuinely like FACO Oh man, I can get like so much more RAM by doing this images going on the internet. So Which dumb. I'm sure we're just meant to be trollsy fun, but probably convinced a couple people. So basically, even though there was nothing really to the product, there was supposed to be a learning outcome. And so short circuit doesn't need that. It can be just something we think is cool. We don't have to necessarily do a ton of research and go digging to find all the ins and outs of it. Um, there's no pressure to have the greatest title or thumbnail. It's just going to be stuff we feel like is cool and we want to cover, and we're not going to do as much prep. I have actually re-implemented the time budget system. You remember okay. my time budgets? Not entirely. Oh, okay. Well, you never get like, to them anyway. Are they like, <laughs> are they like point systems? On no, no. It's just a, an amount of time. Like I just call it. It's like having a budget in money, but it's in time. Yeah, that's so, how point systems work. Is it? Okay. In like so the time budget for Short Circuit is you've got like 45 minutes of prep as a writer, 30 to 40 minutes to shoot it, and then they've got like three hours to so edit So it's like it. refined unboxing. It's basically... Where you like know what you're getting into. It's what Linus Tech Tips used to be. Yeah. 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 So, it, so you like Google, the, you bring the product to your desk, you look it up, you make sure you're not going to say anything super really off stupid. the wall. Yeah, and if you make a mistake then we just correct it. We've actually already, Lloyd designed a fun little character who's gonna pop in and correct us and stuff. 
So like that's cool. Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just cool. designed to be more casual, more fun. Um, it's it's what LTT used to be. So back when NCIX Tech Tips was too cumbersome to make enough of them and like to to it, it was such a long lead time that we couldn't hit you know an embargo with an NCIX Tech Tips video. It just we only had like a week with the product and usually I needed a week just to like finish my normal work and like get a script written up and so we were always late and stuff like that. So LTT became the like quick and dirty, just get it out there channel. And now LTT has sort of become this much more elaborate production and Short Circuit is just gonna be quick and dirty. Yeah, and, uh, cut to the chase, yeah, Short Circuit. Makes exactly. Sense. Exactly. So, James came up with the name for it, actually. It's a I good name. It. I like I'm it. I'm surprised it wasn't taken. I was kind of taken, but not oh. by anyone relevant. So oh. we just, like, there was, like, some podcast that had, like, four episodes from nine months ago, and they hadn't uploaded anything since then. They had, like, nine subscribers or something. Like, it was, like, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Now, it already has 100,000 subs, right? Yes. So... It is the first channel that uh, we've ever started that had 100,000 subscribers before we uploaded a video. That exact statement right there, I want to lean on and utilize, and is the actual reason why I brought this up. I'm happy you're able to announce oh. your channels and everything. Oh, okay, but... so there's an ulterior motive. Yes. Okay, does it have anything to do with you bailing on me tomorrow? I don't want to, well, I'll, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. I want you to build a computer case. Are we going to figure it out, Luke? I want you to build a Are computer case. Are we going to figure it out? Because it's Valentine's Day. Out of play buttons. Out of play buttons. That you get from channels that you don't upload content to. So, I was working with Jono on this. I came up with a yeah. base idea and then we, we grew it. So, we're thinking, if you name the channels, like, right side panel one, right side panel oh, two. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Etc. And then get enough people to subscribe to them. You could build a case out of play buttons. We could the case the community built. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> it would be awesome. It would actually be so cool. <laughs> I think it's one of my, oh my goodness. very few ideas that I come up with that actually end up being pretty sweet. Yeah, it's better than pizza warming PC, that's for sure. That got a lot of views. <laughs> <laughs> I, st I still want to revisit that concept, it, but like better if, than what you did. If a lot of time is taken, it would be awesome. It, but you would, it need, would be awesome. You would need a pretty significant amount. Well, you just didn't do it the way that I had <laughs> anticipated at all. I didn't have, I was given, I think, because it was sitting there as an idea, and then suddenly it was like, okay, you have like six hours or something. And I was like, well. I think I could have done something that made more sense than six hours. Maybe. Got a lot of views, though. That's true. <laughs> People were so mad. Like, for yeah. for over a year, yeah. that was like the video that we people would point at and be like, this channel's gone to hell. <laughs> and the stupid thing is they post like, like this this channel's gone to garbage, like, like that video. And I'd be like, okay, how about something from the last three months that's garbage. <laughs> They'd be like, well, that one was bad enough that it doesn't even matter if you've one done only video good stuff we for upload three every day, and it worked. You it know just what? sucked in every other way. You know what two other videos of yours <laughs> created a ton of community backlash back in the day, but ultimately ended up performing really well? What? Uh, how to hide your... Yeah. Your ma materials. Yeah. Your materials yeah. with a lot of skin showing. How's that doing? Uh, great. That was created... it typed literally like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we called the video. We we went totally non AdSense 
safe. It's actually a little worse than I thought, but yeah, yeah quite 2.1 good. million views on that one. Yeah. And people were so mad. The like oh, dislike yeah. ratio is even fine now. And then <laughs> the how to basics, how to install oh, a video card. Oh, they hated that. People were so mad. The like dislike ratio is great. And there's one comment with a ton of upvotes. It's like, I don't really get why people are, are disliking this video. I needed to install a graphics card and this was perfect. Almost like just, 2 million views. Just a total noob who came in and like, that was exactly what they were looking for. But this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where there's a video we want to make that's a tech, but if we were to upload it to LTT, it just wouldn't meet the community's expectations. And sometimes that's not a quality expectation. It's just a an expectation expectation like sorry this video just like wasn't for you it was for someone else i actually thought that video was like pretty good i thought it was fine yeah it's got like yeah it's got like 1.7 million views now because people do need to know how to install a graphics card i'm sorry you already know how and we'll upload it somewhere else next time but <laughs> but yeah so that's uh that's that's kind of the update over here so just while we're talking about like videos that work unexpectedly well or, oh yeah or poorly screen melter prank oh this i know literally took probably half an hour from I like, know. hey, I could do this, to like pushing footage onto the whatever we used at that point in time. I think it was a server. Um, and 8.6 million views. Yeah, like, that's one of just, our top performing videos of all time as Linus Media Group is the melting screen prank. Which is just soul crushing. Poor Taryn, his, look how honest. young you are. Yeah. Wow, look how young you look. No You're like a baby. There. Yeah. Like a wee baby. With the Zelda Breath of the Wild concept image as my background. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Star Citizen poster in the background. Oh, yeah. How'd that work out for you? Well, one, of, so those, one of those ended up being a success. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Squadron yeah. 41, anyone? Oh, boy. 42? Whatever squadron 42. it is. Who knows? It's a the theor theoretical. It's over now. Theoretical squadron. Well, not really, to be honest. But. Um... Anyways, we can move forward. Zach K, this channel's gone to garbage. I know, right? We're just going to make a new one. The new one's going to rise up from the ashes. Um, all right, we got to... you should let me come back, and I'll do Pizza Heater version 2, and everyone will be so hyped, because they'll be like, oh my god, he took all this time to do it properly. And then it'll just be cardboard again. <laughs> and just ruin it. It's like... Well, what did you think I was working on? You know, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting a metalworker's apprenticeship. I was building a video streaming site. That's not. I still don't know how to do this stuff. I actually work on computers less now. This is probably worse. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, in other in other news, Tesla gave back the self-driving that they took away. Now, I still maintain that okay. I didn't like the precedent that this set. And a lot of people, I think, misunderstood <clears throat> my comments last week when I was talking about this like dystopian future where you don't own your cars and the features are like tied to a personal license. So you just okay. get in like what is essentially a blank car and how nice of a sound system you get or like, you know, whether the self-driving works or whatever else is dependent on like a license key that's embedded in your in your wrist and you just touch a spot on the dash. Like that that future that I was talking about, I'm not jacked for it. I like oh, the driving. Fact you're excited? Yeah. People thought I was what? excited. They're like, Linus, you're totally, you're totally wrong, and that's never gonna happen. And like, you socialists, you know, just want. Like, I'm like, what are you even talking about? It was an expectation. It yeah. wasn't excitement. And or desire. It's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm super sorry. People were like, it's never gonna happen. The horse and cart are gone. There were people that said it was never gonna happen. 
And it definitely uh, won't happen in the. It definitely won't happen in the rural communities because you know they're gonna need they're gonna need gas stations out there too. Well, oh, turns out they eventually built gas stations there. Um, like, <laughs> cars as a service is happening. It's just a matter of when. And the timeline, even Luke and I did not necessarily agree on the timeline. We both agree no. that it's going to take a long time. And yeah. yes, it will take longer to reach different regions. But what we were really talking about in all of this is the slippery slope that we're on because neither of us is a huge fan. I actually found out not that long ago about all of the telemetry data that the Chevy Volt sends back to Chevrolet, to General Motors. And the funny thing about it is the Volt doesn't even have any self-driving. I don't even have adaptive cruise control. <laughs> and yet, apparently, it's sending a ton of telemetry data. And as far as I can tell, it doesn't even use, like, I could see it using things like, um, you know, topographical data, like, if, you know, if I'm going up or down or whatever else oh, to, for like, okay. to make sure that my, you know, cruise control would maintain the same speed or, you know, use my uh, regenerative braking when I'm going downhill or whatever the case right. may be. But as far but as I can tell, it's all reactive not. still yeah. instead of being... Uh, instead of anticipating. And I know yeah. that there are systems that do anticipate. So yeah, it's just sending a bunch of data. So we were talking about this in the context of like, this is a very dangerous slippery slope that we're on, but it's happening because yes, yeah. you the viewer watching this show <coughs> with your right to repair and your uh, you know value of your personal privacy and all those things, you might resist it. But at the end of the day, you are a, a, a tiny grain of sand on an infinite beach. And most consumers will take convenience over security and privacy every single time. So we were talking about like what's happening and the concerns that we have, not necessarily because we are fans of it. Yeah. I mean, if you need the proof of what I'm saying, facebook.com. Do I actually, do I need to say anything else? I actually am not entirely sure where you're going with that. It just exists. But I'm driving, okay. And has billions of users. That's my that's Oh, my you mean point. in terms of people giving up their like, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were still talking more directly on cars. No, 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 no. I just mean like, this yeah. is happening. No, I got you. Um, so yeah, I anyway. think there will be versions of it starting extremely soon. I think last oh, yeah. show when we disagreed on time, I was more thinking when it was like ubiquitous. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. And even when it's ubiquitous, there will still be people who own cars. Of course there will, but it will be the exception, not the rule. Um, anyway, so in other news, Tesla gave back the self-driving that they removed. Uh, so they did that this week. It is unclear, though, at this time. Um, Tesla has a bit of a policy of just, like, not talking to press about stuff which is, I, I should have added that to my list of things that I don't really like about Tesla. Um, so it's not clear if this is new standard operating procedure or if it was just a PR move because people were mad. That's There's also, I, I, I don't know if this was fact or hearsay or whatnot, but I read something over the weekend that was talking about how it might have just been like a, a like purchasing invoicing issue where they like thought the, the owner... And, and like timing with the owner selling the car and it, it made it sound like they meant the new owner didn't purchase it, whatever, but really they just thought the original owner didn't purchase it. It was just like an error in entirety that is now fixed. 
but I don't know. I have yeah, no idea. so it's possible the whole thing was just a, a weird misunderstanding, but yeah. uh, but either it could way, have also not been. At least it generated a good discussion around the idea of yes. licensed features and on the physical items that we buy and how this type of thing could evolve in the future. Uh, because I have no doubt whatsoever that it absolutely will. And nothing would prevent Tesla from changing their terms of service now that they've run into this situation to make it so that licensed features are separate from the actual hardware. Yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily why they would want to do that. Like if they would want to nerf people's resale value on their cars, that seems just destructive to their users yeah, for no reason. But, I don't think they would want to do that right now. But I you never know. Don't suspect so. You never know what the future holds. And it could apply differently. That was another thing that we talked about while we were going through our sort of dystopian vision for where things are going. Um, it might not apply necessarily to individual users, but I could see them having a very different um, service term agreement, like a, a different service agreement with things like fleets of cars, where someone like a... Um, you know, uh, uh, let's say Tesla did a, a moving van, you know, like a panel van, and someone like, you know, Budget were to buy a whole bunch of them, or like U-Haul or something like that, had a fleet of Tesla, you know, box trucks. Um, if, if Tesla were to license them with this autonomous feature, right. maybe they would make them pay on like a monthly basis for the software upkeep that it, that is pretty typical of something like a commercial uh, hardware agreement. So it's it's pretty normal, and well, it's becoming normal. Hardware as a service, right? Like Cisco is yeah. doing this with a lot of their networking gear, Meraki stuff. Yep. Whether it's well, it's just Cisco themselves as well. Oh, they've so been, okay. even things like their routers now come with a. Uh, so you've got the, you've got to buy the hardware in the first place, and then you also have to sign up for a service agreement, and you have to pay on a monthly basis in order to access not just the like certain features, but even to have it work at all is my understanding. I remember that was so weird in like, I think 2013 when they first started the Meraki stuff. And then now, like, I don't, I don't think people even bat an eye, really. Now it's becoming the norm because the reality of it is it generates so much revenue for them that as long as you've got a product that you know that your customers are going to need anyway, what you're effectively doing is you're finding a way to monetize that hardware over and over and over and over again. You're making so much money that you can dump it back into R&D, which is supposed to be the value of a service agreement yeah. of like a... Um, like a, a subscription for you know ongoing software support that is hard for another competitor to come in and disrupt it. So it's like, it's in some ways, just please don't take this quote out of context, it's in some <laughs> ways better for everyone because the consumer, by paying so much more, shh, shh, just hold on, I'm going somewhere with this. The consumer, by paying so much more, is ultimately getting more development time back into the hardware that they purchased. In a perfect world. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Great. In a perfect, perfect. world. Go so ahead. in a perfect Good world, ending. in a perfect world, this fleet of Tesla <laughs> box trucks that U-Haul uses, right? Yeah. We're talking a hypothetical future situation. In a perfect world, U-Haul is effectively subsidizing Tesla's ongoing development of their autopilot features. And then the consumer, this is another thing that really does happen in the real world, the consumer gets the cheapo one-time payment version that is also effectively subsidized by these large fleet purchases that have these ongoing service agreements. In a perfect world. <laughs> yeah.
and reality. No, that does work out that way sometimes, where the consumer version is subsidized by the enterprise version okay. that has much, much sure. more onerous. The amount of that that goes into subsidizing the consumer version is fairly debatable. The amount of that that just hey, goes into share, shareholders, shareholder, pockets. shareholders got to make money too. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. Uh, speaking, speaking of, of gotta make money. money um, oh, that makes sense. I was actually gonna segue in a different way, but yeah, that, we got we got to do sponsors for the show today. Yeah. Vessi Footwear. Oh, do we have the we water bucket? We got the water bucket. Yeah. I want to do the water bucket. Can I hold the bucket this time? Sure. Okay. Uh, you gotta get the shoe then. Um, well, I have a water bucket in my lap. Oh, How am I supposed goodness. to? Oh my goodness. It's Valentine's Day, boys and girls. <laughs> I knew there was something coming. I was like, why is he doing this? <laughs> special day, special day, you know, special circumstances. <laughs> you know that one time a year. You know, I wasn't even planning to until you hesitated. <laughs> okay. Oh so my just goodness. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. My hand is dry. My Bessie hand is in the shoe. Bessie footwear. 100% waterproof shoe using a knit material. You can walk through the rain, snow, mud, and slush without worry. Their Dymatex material regulates the temperature of your feet. And a hot day is keeping you cool, and on cool days keeping you warm. They're flexible and they stretch, and it almost feels like a second pair of socks. They're super light, weighing only 175 grams, almost of the weight of an iPhone, and their herringbone tread pattern is designed to grip anything you walk on. You can get $25 off with offer code Linus Tech Tips if you hand dry. Yes. Completely. High five. Nice. <laughs> um, they're available in both women's and men's in a wide variety of styles and colors. You can check them out at vessifootwear.com slash Linus Tech Tips. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of water. The show is also brought to you today by Backblaze. Backblaze is an unlimited cloud backup service for Macs and PCs. Uh, why am I clicking? Where did I? Where, what am I looking at? Ah, yes, for just six dollars a month, they've had over 35 billion files that they've restored to their users. You can back up docs, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects, all the data, and you can restore your files from everywhere, downloading them directly, or you can actually get them to send it to you by mail. So you could purchase a restore via hard drive. They will overnight FedEx it to you because, um, like, the internet can be slow. You know how it is, and you can even use their mobile apps to access your files on the go. After you restore, by the way, by mail, you can actually return the hard drive to them for a refund on the hard drive. Oh, wow. Cool. They've got no wonky cost structures. It's just unlimited data backup at a fixed price. Get a fully featured 15-day free trial at backblaze.com slash WAN. We're going to have that linked right there. See it there? Right there. And uh, so you can go play around with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. It's good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, we had a long call with private internet access, and we have decided to stick with them for a number of reasons. Number one is that the community was either positive about it or indifferent. There were some that were against it, but it seems like the majority were like, okay, yeah, seems fine, whatever you guys go with, or they were positive about it. Reason number two is that they've had some, they've made some pretty good moves over the last little while. In fact, this isn't actually in the WAN show doc today, but they open sourced their Android app just yesterday. Um, so they continue to, cool. they continue to do good things that increase our confidence in them. Um, and from discussing this with both PIA folks and CAPE folks, they have a strong commitment to improve their practices, not just at PIA, but also throughout the entire organization. Um, I have seen some people express concern that PIA will take some bad habits from CAPE, but from talking to those guys, um, CAPE seems to be 
very interested in PIA and how they've done business while respecting their users' privacy to the greatest extent possible and uh, are expecting to actually have it go the other way around, adopting more of PIA's culture to the rest of their properties. Um, bottom line is I've been using PIA for years now. Uh, I'm still using PIA. So at the end of the day, if all it is is an endorsement of what I trust and what I use, I never canceled my PIA subscription. I'm still using it. And what's really cool about our relationship with PIA is that we have no obligation whatsoever to say any talking points at all. You'll notice that I am doing a PIA sponsored spot right now, and I've gone completely off the rails talking about you know, how they were acquired and all this stuff. I, I have no talking points. They do provide us with you know, selling points of their product, but at the end of the day, if all I wanted to say about PIA is uh, it's great for making sure that if you're going to download torrents, your ISP is never going to send you a letter about the copyrighted material you're downloading, I can do that. Um, I don't. A lot of the a lot of the negativity around VPN sponsorship seems to stem from a couple of videos from a couple of YouTubers I respect a lot, Tom Scott and Lewis Rossman. And the main problem that both of them highlighted, well, problems are a couple of things. One is shilling for products that you don't use or like. Um, in this case, I've been using PIA for years. Many. I like it. Yeah. Um, so. No concerns there. Um, and number two was misrepresenting what VPNs do. So PIA has absolutely no obligations built into our relationship with them for what we have to say about them. And if you look at even some of the dedicated sponsored videos we've done with them, like the one on how to get cheaper uh, prices on flights, that is something a VPN can do for you. Period. You can save all the money you spent on a multi-year subscription to PIA on a single flight purchase if you play your cards right. And we made a whole video showing you guys how to do it. So Someone did that for getting to LTX, actually. Saved a lot of money. Uh, you told me about that. Yeah. So there it is. We're sticking with PIA. It's lmg.gg slash PIAWAN. We're going to have that link down below, and you can expect to see us continuing to promote it. We just wanted to take a very careful approach to this because... <clears throat> Again, there's a lot of, you know, regardless of what I use and what I like, there was a lot of potential for backlash in the community around uh, a non-careful uh, VPN sponsorship. And so we wanted to make sure that we were treading lightly. I wanted to hear from them. I wanted a commitment from them to how they were going to handle things moving forward after the CAPE acquisition. I've got all those boxes ticked, so we're going to go ahead. That's it, and that's all. Hopefully um, they uh, don't go the way of blizzard and just completely lose their soul to their parent company but i really hope so too and from talking to both the pia guys and the parent company guys it seems like that's not the plan but yeah. i know that that rarely is the plan and just know guys that we won't hesitate to drop them if it turns out that it is going to be a problem and i'm sure i'm sure the linus media group dudes and ladies will be listening to audience feedback if anything does seem to change I think from an yep. external point of view, the open sourcing of their Android app, which I just looked up while you were talking about it, is a really cool move. Yep. Um, I think they're moving in the right direction as far as I can tell. Nick's here for something really exciting. So we Whoa. have actually, no, he, he legitimately has reason to be that excited right now. Oh. Because we have a new, new pricing structure oh. for our shipping 
on LTTstore.com. Uh, yeah. Yes. So let me just give you guys the summary here. I'm just going to bring up LTTstore.com. We've got USB Type-C shirts, the stealth hoodie, the hat, the other more different hat, the RAM shirt, the processor shirt. We've got so much stuff. Water bottles. Actually, are there any water bottles in stock right now? Regular and stealth, yes. Oh, regular and stealth are in stock, apparently. None of the uh, special colors. Um, anyway, got lots of good stuff, including underwear. And we've got lower shipping rates than ever before. So, in the US, we now have $8.99 flat rate, two to five day shipping. Within Canada, we have $12.99, two to six day shipping. And within the international everywhere else, we have $15.99, 7 to 14 day shipping. So the biggest change is honestly international um, because within Canada and the US, actually the US is better now as well for a lot of areas, but international shipping with the old system that we were using was horrible. So going to places like Europe could cost as much as 40 plus dollars. Um, but now we, with our new deal, we are able to, and we're trying it out right now. If it turns out that, you know, the majority of our international viewers are in like the middle of nowhere, Mongolia or something like that. And our costs on the shipping end up being a lot higher than we expected. We might have to adjust it because we're setting these flat rates based on what we expect the average to be based on previous orders. But all of a sudden, a bunch of people in the middle of nowhere might be like, hey, I can afford LTT merch now. Um, my so random guess goes. would be that some people that have been holding off will oh, yeah. order now. So we're going to wait. What we're going to do is we're going to stick with this for a bit. That's cool. That makes sense. And then see what happens after the like wave of orders from people who just haven't been able to afford their LTTstore.com merch um, is gone. And then we'll take, you know, maybe another big sample after that and go, okay, now we can make any necessary adjustments. So um, get your underwear now is what that means. We're really, darn comfy. yeah, we are really excited about the new rates and we're going to keep trying to push the envelope, but this is a really good starting point and should be a big improvement for a lot of people. The other thing for international is like some places it was 45 days to get there before and now it's 14. Cool. So like, that's a pretty big improvement. Yay. Yeah, we had yeah. people contact, and it, that was like non-tracked. Like that wasn't yeah. even like tracked oh. shipping. That was just the cheapest option. And people would select it because it was the cheapest option. Mm -hmm. And then they'd message us after like a month, be like, yo, where the F is my stuff? And we'd be like, well, you did, you did select like camelback shipping. Like, <laughs> some of them didn't have an option, to be fair. Okay, in fairness, some of them didn't have an option, but so, it's just like, trust us, we, we sent it. Most everything um, is tracked, and some international countries will be non-tracked within your country. Oh, I see. It'll be tracked getting from Canada to you. Okay. Or to your country. Country, yeah. And then getting within your country to you is non-tracked. So we got some we got some free tech tips from some good friends. Do we shout them out? Do we not? I know. Let's leave it out. Yeah. But we got some good tech tips from some good friends, and uh, we hope we have a better system for international shipping now. And uh, we need you guys to help us stress test it, though. So yeah. LTTstore.com, suckers. To be fair, there's not that much inventory, so don't stress test it too hard. Stress <laughs> test it hard. Stress <laughs> test it hard. Nick's got a KPI to hit this quarter. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go now. Well, there are outside factors that are loading. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Nick. We need Nick. more shirts. 
Um, well, shirts are not a problem anymore. Well, shirts oh. have been a problem. They have been. Yeah, but we're, we're within, good on shirts. Within four to six weeks. How many shirts do we have? Like 2,000 shirts coming in? Uh, 20. 20,000. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guys, buy shirts. <laughs> All right. That's what, that's what we need. <laughs> All, right. All right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, LTTstore.com. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so Sony is apparently struggling with the PlayStation 5 price due to costly parts. The original article is from Bloomberg.com. Good. And they report that the manufacturing costs for Sony's next PlayStation have reached around $450 per unit. Fantastic. Wow. Why, why do you think this is fantastic? This is great. Why is it great? Who is it great for? The last generation of consoles. I don't know if you remember this part in particular, but usually, not usually, in the past before the last generation of consoles. So chunking back a little bit. Consoles were often sold at a little bit of a loss. Yes, that is and true. And then they would try to make up money on peripherals and whatever. And licensing. And licensing. And they certainly make back plenty of the money on the peripherals Nintendo. 90 Canadian dollars for a pro controller is not reasonable. Carry on. Yeah. Um, I mean, you need eight of the stupid things to play Smash, okay? Eight times nine, that is $720. That's more than the cost of the console. By a lot. Go on. Yeah, so with the most recent generation of consoles, mm -hmm. this was not true. And there are games you can't even play with the Pro Controller, like Mario Party, so you have to go out and get extra Joy-Cons, so you've got a total of 12 different controllers if you want to be able to max out all of your different games. Plus, you can only charge the Joy-Cons when they're actually on a Switch, so you better keep a couple extra Joy-Cons on hand just in case a couple of them aren't charged because they actually take a while to charge. Stonks. Um, yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, so with the most recent generation, that yes. was not a thing. Yes. I believe, I'm going back on really old information that was from quite a while ago that I don't remember and I haven't recently looked up, but I believe average profit per console was around $20. Mm -hmm. Just not like insane or anything, but they went from losing money per console to making money per console. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to not make money on this one, but I think the performance jump we had to the last generation yeah. was a little bit disappointing for some people. Really? I think that, okay. And the reason, the re I'm yeah. saying that from a PC perspective. Okay. So from a PC perspective, not the website, yep. but you know, um, the more hardcore they go with their hardware, yeah, the better the experience the PC people are going to get. Yeah, but the more like a PC it's going to be with Which respect is fine. to what's in it and how much it costs. Whatever. Who cares? Well, that's easy for you to say. Some people struggle to afford a $400 console, let alone a $500 console. The current generation consoles are great, to be completely honest. Oh, okay, so hold on a second. Are you saying that you don't see this as, as much of a problem because using a, a last generation console, like a PlayStation 4, is gonna be a far more viable option for much longer? Probably. Okay, that's an interesting take on current, it. Current gen consoles can do a lot. And they've talked a lot about the intercompatibility of the, the hardware and therefore the games. Interesting. So you should still be able to be fine and they will probably drop in price so you might be more fine. So tell me this, would you expect to see Sony or Microsoft, either of them, employ a strategy where they launch an exclusive game to their new generation of consoles 
and then follow it up three or six months later with a version that is backported for their last generation consoles with less graphical fidelity and that runs at a lower resolution. Would I, you I be, can see that. Would you be floored to see that? I, no, I would not be floored to see that. I would not be too surprised. I would be maybe a little bit surprised from Microsoft. Microsoft has has had some bad splashes and some good splashes lately. Um, I think their gaming side of things has been pretty positive with the community. They've done some cool things. They've, they've brought games to multiple platforms. I think their Game Pass is going quite well, all this kind of stuff. I think they're going to try to hold on to that positive communication, at least within that segment of their right. company. But I think they could keep that pretty positive. They could say, like, look. It's coming. It's a PlayStation 5 game, or it's an Xbox Series X game, and it needs more development to optimize it for the older hardware. I don't, yeah, I don't think that would go over too poorly as long as it was coming eventually. Yeah. Like, oh. if they set a date, they're right. like six months, whatever. And we're working on and it. And even then, that doesn't seem, yeah, I don't think that would go over too poorly because to me, so there's such a huge backlog of amazing games. So anyways. I'm going to pitch something to you. So, okay. so you're imagining then more of like, more of like a rolling upgrade. Well, because, okay, and I want to throw one more point in here yeah. for this. They are a lot more like computers. So I could literally see it just being where the previous gen are just cheaper computers. Mm. I mean, literally right now, they're pretty darn close. There's to a computers. limit to how cheap you can make a computer. So don't expect them to ever read, like don't expect a PlayStation 4 to ever be 199. Like it's just, it has to have a power supply. It's kind of like how hard drives can never get below $40. You have to have and the, the housing yeah, yeah. and a motor. Yeah. And like there's, there's, just, there's just bare components that you need. You can't, yeah. you can't do a $50 PlayStation 4. It, it's not feasible. Um, just the, 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 pla the plastics and the, the screws and the labor involved in assembling it. Like there's just It might get things. pretty low, and you might get yeah. really, really, really cost-beneficial bundles and things like that. Yes, you might, get, you might get software thrown in, for example. Um, but that's really interesting. So if we were to see, okay, look, we've got these new generation consoles, but we're going to have games that are available concurrently. I mean, we've seen that before. Oh, yeah. Zelda Twilight Princess was available for both the Wii and the GameCube, for example. Um, Breath of the Wild was on Wii U. Breath of the Wild was it, on it Wii actually, U and It's Switch. fairly standard for it to happen at the beginning of a new console's life cycle. But are you just expecting a longer rollover? I think so. Yeah. I have no idea how long. I have no idea if this is going to be a thing, but I suspect a longer rollover. People are saying PS4 has been 199 but okay, yes, US dollars. Sorry, I was oh, thinking with yeah. my Canadian brain for a second <laughs> right there. And also, that's not particularly sustainable. Just because it's a promo price doesn't mean that... It could be a sale or something like it, that. Yeah. Because um, remember too, guys, that hardware has also been around for... Quite a while. Seven years now? So, Six, like, yeah. Something like that. Um, but yeah, my point was just that there is a limit to how low you can go. Um, so anyway, the biggest problems apparently... Oh, go ahead. It was the end of 2013, but it was technically 2013. Okay. So. Uh, the biggest problems are apparently DRAM and NAND, both of which are in high demand from the smartphone market and their ramp up to 5th gen devices. Uh, from smartphone ramp up to 5th gen... Okay, I don't know what 5th gen devices is talking about. But um, it is expected that both DRAM and NAND are going to go up in price this year. Sony's CFO touched on this in an earnings briefing earlier this month, saying we must keep PlayStation 5's bill of materials under our control. Uh, I don't know how they expect to control that. Oh, 
I need to take this. This is the technician uh, for the UPS that lit oh. on fire in the server room. Oh. Um, do you want to go through the publisher's pull out of NVIDIA GeForce now while I go sure. let them in? Sure, yeah. Okay, so I'm actually going to just finish off the current one that we're, that we're on. Um, they did say that they need to keep the PlayStation 5's bill of materials under our control. I think he just said that. But he also stated that the coronavirus, while it has not yet impacted the PS5's production, uh, definitely could, and the company has yet to decide how many PS5s they are actually going to produce in the first year, which could affect their costs, because buy more materials, you get it cheaper. <coughs> um, sorry. Moving forward to Linus's intro joke to the WAN show, publishers pull out of NVIDIA GeForce Now. Um, NVIDIA's GeForce Now officially launched last week, but several big-name companies have pulled out of supporting the platform. Now, it was added to World of Warcraft's Terms of Service a while ago that you can't play games through, you can't play WoW through this type of a service. Um, I know that because I was trying to figure out why the heck I was banned, um, and that wasn't it, obviously, but I saw this coming. Um, it does obviously reduce the attractiveness of the platform because Blizzard, Capcom, EA, Konami, Remedy, Rockstar, Square Enix games have all bailed out apparently. Um, and they, they, it's not, it's, so you can play games that you own on another platform through GeForce now. So they are like disallowing that to happen, um, which I, I really don't think NVIDIA would go against. So they, they should be blocking it. And NVIDIA rep said, uh, we hope to work together with Activision Blizzard to re-enable these games and more in the future. You shouldn't expect Activision uh, this is an inserted part of the quote, Activision Blizzard games, to magically reappear after a few days uh, or even a few weeks. So no time soon, but potentially in the future. NVIDIA didn't want to discuss revenue sharing deals it may or may not have with publishers, but of course these decisions will have been made by publishers with an eye on the dollar. Um, this whole thing is rather odd. I haven't seen GeForce Now having the hugest audience, at least in the short term. So I think this is kind of one of those things where all these companies stepped back, but haven't closed communication, and they probably just want a piece of the pie. Um, it's interesting because you already own the game or pay for the game actively, uh, but now you're paying a different service to be able to play the game elsewhere, and those companies probably want a cut of that, even though you've already bought the game. It's just, it's a, it's a funky, Funky space right now. Uh, Elon Musk's Starlink plan approved for Australia. The Australian Communications and Media Authority, or ACMA, ACMA, is the latest agency to approve Elon Musk's plan to send thousands, or hundreds in this case, of satellites into space to deliver internet connections across the globe. The satellites won't require geostationary orbits. We've talked about this before because of the sheer scale of the deployment, so they can be much closer to the ground than traditional satellites as close as 1 105th uh, the altitude of traditional geostationary orbits. I, we've talked about Starlink multiple times on the show before. Uh, you need such agency approval to, in order to install the client-side receivers at your house. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, the plan will cost roughly 10 billion US dollars or more to complete, but this is about one-fifth of the cost of Australia's homegrown national broadband network, which sucks. Australian internet is terrible. Uh, every every time I bring this up on the WAN show, I get at least one person being like, "I live in Australia and I have a pretty good internet connection." Uh, but I know it's it's 
it's bad, man. I'm I'm sorry for you. Your internet connection probably sucks, or you pay way too much for it. I have the, it's so bad. We try to get Floatplane into Australia, and it's just horrible. We've had to do it's it's so much better now. It's way 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 better now because of like things we've done and partnerships we've made and like tons of work that's gone into it. Um, but like when we were first starting off, it was so hard to get Floatplane video like high quality good bandwidth into Australia and like there's a bunch of Australians that were on the uh, the Linus Tech Tips forum team I'm just talking to them about their issues with their internet it felt like you just went 10 to 15 years in the past like it's so rough so it's cool that hopefully they can try to alleviate these issues and I understand there's like reasonable uh, situations that got them to there like I don't know but I also know people that live in New Zealand and they have way better internet. So I don't know, man. I just, it sucks. I feel bad for you. So hopefully this uh, helps in any way at all. Uh, latency, while worse than hardwired internet, so yeah, um, is still better than geostationary satellite connections. 25 to 35 milliseconds for Starlink rather than 600 milliseconds or even the theoretical best of 477 milliseconds. So this will more help uh, people that live outside of like Sydney. Like people that live like way out there, Australia is actually gigantic. Um, if you if you like scale, it, if you move it on one of those maps that like scales it properly to other places on the planet, it's huge. And plenty of people live not in those very uh, centralized um, cities. So it's good. It's good. Excited about that. Hopefully, it helps some people there get better, more stable, faster internet. <clears throat> uh, we already talked about Tesla giving back the self-driving thing. There isn't a ton of news here. As we talked earlier, um, they, they don't do a ton of public-facing stuff, so unless it's like, you know, the Elon himself. Uh, Essential Phone is essentially dead. <laughs> um, Essential has announced its closure after just five years of business. They released the Essential Phone. They were working on a handset called Gem, but there is apparently no clear path forward to deliver it, which is a little rough. Um, the Essential Phone is going to be the last and only thing they've really done. It will no longer receive any official updates, but Essential has released its software on GitHub. We have a link to it now. Apparently it has already happened. Uh, so developers can keep hacking, which is actually very cool, I guess. Um, sad that they're gone, but that's a nice way to exit if they're gonna have to exit. Uh, give me one quick second. Okay, sorry, we're good. Uh, duh, 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 duh. <sighs> sorry, I'm just flying through topics because there's no back and forth discussion. Um, Steam Labs Experiment 008. This is actually pretty cool. Uses machine learning to help decide what to play next. Uh, it chooses three games based on what you already own and presents you with micro trailers for each. If you don't like your options, you can re-roll for a new selection, assuming you have enough games in your inventory. Um, and I love how they have to give you trailers for games in your inventory, because I think a lot of people are in a situation like me. I think I have close to like 450 something games on, on Steam, and a huge portion of that is just Humble Bundle stuff that I have never launched and have had for so long. Uh, so I think it's actually pretty cool that they have something like this coming. I'm gonna open 
the link for it and try to get it on screen in a moment. You have to sign in right to see back. it. Our server room is just super cramped. I'm just going to hang up That's a light fine. for him so he can see the. He needs to get to the back of the UPS, which is like, oh, not trivial. Yeah, that's not going to be yeah, great. It's, it's a good thing he's not as tall as. I you. can I'll smell that. that. Oh yeah, when the doors open, like it was. Wow. It was on fire. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Jeez, I'm just surprised it's still so pungent. Oh yeah. Okay, so for the actual Steam page, you had to be logged in. So, I found it on the Verge. Just give me a quick second. I'm hoping there's a screenshot or something, but I just see ads. I see so many ads. It's still loading. <laughs> there's just, there's a, I don't know, some Jeep or something. More ads, more ads, more ads. Oh, that's it. That's the whole, okay. Uh, we're gonna leave again. Let me see if I can find a different article. I'm hoping someone has a screenshot. Maybe they've just only talked about it so far. Jeez. I like the concept, though. I would like to be able to... Uh, okay, so that's all you really get to see. That makes sense. So it's just a post about the article. Recommended games to play next. There we go. That's what I wanted to see. Show in library tags on it. Okay. Not too crazy, but I like the concept because sometimes you can look at a Steam library of, of hundreds of games, many of which you've never played before, and be like, oh, I have nothing to play. I have nothing to do. So it's cool that it kind of siphons all of that down to three and just goes like, pick one of these, and you can reroll it if you really want to. That might actually get me to play some of those games, which is cool. Action jump. Wow. Oh, God. Mm. Oh, he made it. I'm back. So, um, nice. What were, what were we talking about? I went through a lot of them. Cool. Um, so, why don't I give an update on what's happening with our burning server room? Sure. Okay, cool. So, basically, what happened was uh, I'm not going to name any names, but it was one of our camera operators who's been with us for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> he already messaged me, he apologized, and he had no way of knowing. Okay. So he accidentally plugged a very high wattage filming light How into high wattage? a thousand watts. Um, I already knew that. It just sounds cool. Yeah. Into <laughs> so I have an extension cord that runs out of the server room and then is just coiled on a hook on the wall right outside the server room. And the reason that that's there is because it's meant to be um, in the event of a power outage. It's meant to be a quick and fast way without going and finding the key and unlocking the server room to get power to something in an emergency. Some like, form of emergency like power. Like, whoever's working on today's video, plug your workstation into this before your at-your-desk UPS dies so that you can get today's video out so we can, everyone else can go home, we'll regroup tomorrow, we'll come back to the office. Like, this has happened. So we've got both yeah. a network cable that's plugged directly into the switch cool. and a power cable that's plugged directly into the UPS there for such situations. We've for, like, also, the most important machine. Exactly. We've also used the power cord for situations like, remember in Scrapyard Wars 3, the one with Austin, 2? Dirty power? Yeah. Okay. So we've also used it in situations where like uh, a lower quality computer power supply might have uh, computer stability issues running off our admittedly not great power here in yeah. the building. If we plug it directly into the UPS, we've actually gotten more stable overclocking, for example. Um, so it's just, it's handy to have it. Yeah. 
They plugged a light into it because we had an HVAC technician coming to look at one of our AC units in the server room, which was leaking, and he needed a light. So they plugged in this 1,000-watt filming light, and it started arcing and smoking. Oh. Okay, so what happened at that point was everything shut down because the UPS was arcing, um, and I pulled all the units out, and like I realized the, the power units. So it has four power units, so that's a total of 1,200 kilovolt amps or however they rate them. Um, yeah, 12,000 volt amps, I think. Yeah, so uh, did I say 12,000 kilovolt amps? Sorry, no, 12,000 volt amps. Um, so that's how we have ours that's configured. This one can go up to 18,000, so you can do six power modules. And then it also has the rest of the bays filled up with battery modules. So I had some people on Twitter suggest that the batteries were old and that caused the problem, but the batteries were not the issue. Yeah, we should probably replace our batteries. It has been about three and a half years, four years and lead-acid batteries do have a limited shelf life. So yeah, it's probably time to replace those batteries, but that was not the problem. So I pulled out the power modules and I realized one of them smelled of burnt electronics. So I thought, okay, um, maybe we fried one of the power modules by just sucking a thousand watts from it all suddenly, unexpectedly. Yeah. Now, that still shouldn't happen. Overcurrent protection should still, like, this is, this is literally, it was either 17 or 19,000 Canadian dollars that we paid for this UPS. I would still expect it to have basic protections on it that would prevent an overcurrent event from causing it to light on fire or spark or whatever the case may yeah. be. So anyway, I pulled that power module out and I went, well, we're still well below the remaining 9,000 uh, volt amps of capacity that these three power modules remaining, none of them smelled would have, so let's give it a shot. Let's fire it back up. I fired it back up and it started sparking in the back of the cabinet. So I wasn't that close to it the first time it was sparking. I was like upstairs and oh, people okay. came running to get me. Um, so this time I was right there and I could tell that the arcing was coming from the back of the cabinet rather than the power modules that were inserted. And uh, I hit the main cutoff. So we actually have like a 208 volt input that uh, that goes in and then the UPS is hardwired into that so I hit the main cutoff for it and then it kept sizzling and well the sound of fire basically so when I say crackling I don't mean spark crackling I mean like like bubbling plastic oh and, boy okay so my expectation now is that this unit is super fried and uh, before any of this happened the front of the unit was still reading just like okay so that was what led me to believe that it might be okay to so, turn so it back on. after you pulled one out, yes, and I, that what was like burning, it still said okay. It's oh yeah, it still said okay. <laughs> so I powered it back up with the three with the three modules instead of with the four, <laughs> knowing that, and it actually ran for like tens of minutes. Okay, like I, I got back. Everyone got back to work. And, and then, then it, I, you, you I, were still in there. I happened to be here again. Oh man, when it went. And uh, so it was, it was on fire for some period of time, seconds. Like I had long enough to go get the fire extinguisher that is right outside that room and stand there, like really didn't want to unload it in the server room if I could avoid it in any way. <laughs> so I'm like standing there with this fire extinguisher and please, please let me not have to use this because <laughs> like you can't just blow on it. Like it's electrical fire potentially. Mind you, I've already cut the electricity so I don't know if the rules change at that point, but. I'm genuinely not sure. I, 
either either way, I did not I did not want to press the button in the server. Yeah, room. I fortunately didn't have to. It went out on its own. Cool. But um, my take on this is I am out of warranty, so I've been totally upfront with uh, Eaton about what the situation is. I didn't buy an extended service plan or anything like that. Um, but and there's I, like so so on the one hand, I am out of warranty. Um, on the other hand, under no circumstances should a product designed for power protection light on fire. So after that uh, fire, uh, I actually did, or while it was, sorry, while it was arcing, before I had gotten the fire extinguisher, um, I managed to read some gibberish off of the display on the front. So that was the first time it ever actually knew anything was wrong, when it was literally on fire. Yeah. And it didn't know anything was wrong, I don't think. I think it was just spitting random. Like, it was like random special characters going across the screen <laughs> on the front. So so basically, my, my thing with them has been like, look. Clytus, help me. Look, I know I'm out of warranty, but also this thing failed in such a spectacular, dangerous Catastrophic way. Catastrophic burn the building failure is like a little bit of a special case, I think. So anyway, to their credit, this happened yesterday afternoon, and they have a technician here right now in our very cramped and uncomfortable server room. Oh, he's room. like from yeah. Eaton. Yeah, so we have an Eaton technician here in the building. So, I mean, really, I don't define a company's quality based on necessarily the performance of one individual product. We don't have you know, a data center full of Eaton power equipment. Yeah. That's we have fair. one unit. We have a sample size of literally one. Yeah. Um, so Which really, it's going to come down to how they deal with this. And on the one hand, yeah, I'm me, and you might think I would get special attention. And from someone like a consumer electronics brand, that is quite often the case. But, but I really don't think these guys knew me from Adam, so um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see how it goes. It does seem as though they are taking it seriously just from a this thing should not have been on fire perspective, yeah, and we need to know what happened. I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's fair. Um, There's a difference between like a warranty on your car and your car just randomly exploding. And the technician is not here to fix it. He has no, he has no capability to fix it right now. He's here to determine exactly what could have possibly happened for this to occur. Oh, that's not him. Um, do you think it's like... I don't think you could fix it. This is like a replace situation, right? It depends. I mean, this is a fairly modular and okay. serviceable product. So like the housing might be okay. Yeah, but I think that they would probably end up replacing significant internal components. And if they ultimately came to me and were like, okay, look, you're out of warranty, but we can offer you a deal on a refurbishment of this unit or you know something, that would be fine. Honestly, it would be kind of preferable to me because I don't know if you remember this, but Getting in order in to there. get that unit in there, yeah. we actually used to have a, an opening have to, in the wall. We would have to rip open off. the wall yeah. in order to get it out or another one in. I hate our server room so much. People are like... But, hold on. Yeah. Great vlog content. Oh, man. Tons I don't of views. even know if I could handle it. Great views. I'd just rather not have a camera pointed at that whole situation. Guy's looking for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, BRB. Yeah. I think he should just rip the wall down anyways. That's my theory, to be honest. Also, I saw tons of people in chat calling out for fire pole. I agree. That would probably stop that from happening again, for sure. That's how science works. I honestly don't have a ton of con content left. We're slightly over show duration at this point, 
and I blew through a ton of the more boring topics. Uh, I can go into Puerto Rico's government fished out of two fished with a pH out of 2.6 million dollars. I don't know if that is being registered in U.S. dollars. Yes, it is. Okay, 2.6 million U.S. dollars in a fishing operation. Industrial development companies. What a name. Uh, finance director. Don't know how to say your name, but I'm going to say his last name, uh, Rivera, says the government agency transferred the money on January 17th after receiving an email that alleged a change to a banking account tied to remittance payments. Okay. This seems like it may have been a targeted spear phishing attack. Uh, Executive Director... Manuel Leboy, oh man, I hope I didn't say that wrong, uh, declined to say how officials learned about the scam or whether anyone has been dismissed as a result. And I have no real details outside of that. So it sucks that Puerto Rico got fished for so much freaking money. Um, it's always kind of epic in a way when governments uh, have stuff like fishing happen to them because um, it's interesting because you always, you always kind of Hope, I guess. I was going to say expect, and then I was like, modern year. Uh, you always hope that they have, like, tighter locks on things like that, but um, apparently sometimes $2.6 million just gets whoop, sent where it's not supposed to be. So who knows? Uh, Backblaze hard drive stats for 2019 have been released. These have been very controversial over the years. So uh, it's, you know, it's interesting, but take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. They have a little bit of an interesting use case, which is probably not what you're doing. Um, but it's, it's interesting regardless. Let me jump over. Whoop. Okay. Annualized failure rate, none of those look way too insane, but you can definitely see some outliers, and I believe this was detailed in our document as well. Um, there is something to be said here for the actual amount of drives, so I wouldn't pay way too much attention to purely the just failures column. Some kind of interesting stuff is that, like, this one had zero, but there's also only 99 of them so you kind of have to <laughs> weigh and balance that stuff properly oh my the one that had uh sorry i'm a little sick the one that had over a thousand failures also had like over tw uh, 37,004 drives which is pretty fantastic but it was a failure count of 3.32 percent which is a little higher than i would hope but i believe they addressed this directly um yeah, the Seagate 12 terabyte ST12000NM0007 are experiencing double the AFR of every other drive type, but Seagate's own four terabyte uh, similar drive. Backblaze previously reported on these failures and began aggressively moving to the, uh, the 12,000 series, 12,000NM008 model uh, that fixed the issue after working with Seagate to identify the root cause. Um, I, I do wonder sometimes, like, on the consumer side of things, it's really hard to tell uh, because most consumers aren't going to report failures. And even if they do report failures, you're going to have really bad sample sizes and all that kind of stuff. You do internal testing, you do what you can. But when it comes down to massive companies, and especially a company like Backblaze, who is going to be publicly posting these numbers, I suspect that's where you get a lot of your work done on improving stuff like failure rates. So. That's cool. 
annualized failure rate, uh, or the acronym I said previously, AFR, uh, for 2019 has increased sharply across 75% of the models in use, which this is one of the things that I said, like sometimes backblazes numbers are scrutinized quite heavily, because why would 75% of the models all have sharply increasing AFRs? Who knows, maybe something else was going on. Maybe there's temperature changes in the data center. I have no idea. I can make no claims, but they're very interesting numbers to look into. I, I actually enjoy it quite a lot, but just take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. It is not the same scenario your, your computer will be in back at home. Holy flippy phones, Batman. Motorola and Samsung both, uh, both released folding phones this week. They're basically the same size. Um, what do you guys think about flip phones? I'm going to take a moment to do a straw poll, and then I'm probably just going to end the stream. Because I actually want to go see what's going on over there. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about flipping phones, and what I mean by that is if it uh, like flips in a vertical, or if, if, if it flips on the uh, X axis, and then folding phones if they flip on the y-axis. So I'm going to just say regular phones, flipping phones, or folding phones. Which one do you like the most? Most flipping phones, <laughs> folding phones, and standard phones. Improve spam prevention, even though people will find a way. Okay, I'm posting this in Floatplane first because I love you guys. Then Twitch, because, you know, OG WAN show stuff. And then YouTube, because I didn't actually have your link up and I don't know why. <laughs> I think I like foldy phones. There's also sliders that are becoming more popular these days, which is kind of interesting. Sorry, my voice is kind of taken off right now. I think I've been talking for a little bit too long, despite being sick. Okay, results. Let's check into it. We're not going to leave a ton of time for this. We're going to see those results come in live. Standard phones is 65% of the audience, but at fairly even amounts, 18, 19% fluctuating, folding phones and flipping phones are holding Roughly the same amount of the audience. Oh, folding phones are starting to take over. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. So just in case someone missed that explainer, basically this would be a standard phone. If this phone folded in half, like down this way, that would be a flipping phone. If this phone folded in half, kind of this way like a book, that would be a... Uh, Folding phone. I lost track of it myself for a second. Um, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not too surprised by these, these results. So there's actually more people into folding and flipping phones than I personally expected. But I think that's kind of cool because differentiation in that market is, is fantastic. Um, I would probably have to go with standard or folding phones. I actually really used to like old slider phones just because they were extremely satisfying to use not because I would want to use one long-term, and not because I would want to use one with modern apps and things like that. But, yeah, one sec. Linus, I'm going to end the show. He's gone. Anyways, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, maybe I'll do Super Chats. How do I do that?
Here we go. I'm gonna do super chats. I actually remembered. It was close. Someone said, Dennis, please be my Valentine, but he spelled Dennis wrong, so I don't know, man. Um, da -da 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 -da, previously okay, I can't answer that question. Please keep the server videos coming. Love them. I'm sure they will. I'm sure there will be a follow-up to the, uh, the uh, battery backup on fire thing. Free Google my money. Thank you very much. Where do you see virtual reality in one, five, or ten years? Do you think there will be a hard limit on the mm, no on the capabilities of the technology from Jay Trudeau, which is I'm assuming not our prime minister? Um, virtual reality in one year, I would see heightened adoption, but no extremely major changes in my opinion. Five years, I would see some amount of major changes, probably lighter weight, smaller headsets, probably uh, slight, uh, definitely increased adoption rates. I think it was like two years ago-ish that I said I think we were five years out from it being uh, a more acceptable thing for the average consumer. So hopefully if my time is right, we've got about three more years, but we'll see. Um, and then in 10 years, I think it will be kind of a hybrid of virtual and, um, oh man, what is it called? Virtual and augmented reality. I think the headsets will be significantly smaller if they're not just glasses. There might be more, I mean, 10 years from now, that might not be far enough, but stuff like Neuralink uh, or Neuralink, whatever Elon Musk's thing is, could tie into this stuff to make a much more interesting setups, but that might be more than 10 years out. I don't know. May I request the next tech link you host, Linus? You call the quick bits the heebie-deebies. Heebel-deebles. I have no idea. Uh, he's not going to see this, I think, so probably not. Uh, can we get some sweet LTT athletic wear? I suspect that might be coming down the line eventually, but I literally know nothing. Um, so I'm not sure. Sub to LTT's short circuit or don't. I'm a super chat, not your Valentine's date. Good call. But you could subscribe. You, you could do that right now if you wanted to. Um, congrats on the new channel. Thank you. Love you dudes. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you very much. Linus, I'm a weirdo too and have a VR slash HTPC in the living room. What keyboard slash remote do you use? I've seen that little thing in your vids. I don't, that's not what he uses at home. I don't know what he uses at home, but that is not it, I don't believe. Um, just got my 10 mil shirt. You all rock with Channel Super Fun back. Uh, when is the next big prank? Oh, geez. We'll probably have to see how well Channel Super Fun does. You should melt down a play button and use it in the PC and make another sketchy heatsink. That's awesome. Hold on. Oh, you guys can see my thing. Let's do that. Um, is there anything funky on the start menu? No, we're good. Okay, sounds cool. Moving on. Heatsink from play button. I, I wonder how many things they could make out of play buttons. I can get Alex in on this. He's probably gonna be like nothing other than the heatsink. 
because it's a stupid idea. But whatever, that's fine. I'll try. Um, I really enjoyed the pizza warring case video. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you, Austin Tanner. Uh, partner with Michael Reese for your channel Super Fun. That would be epic. He's awesome. <clears throat> if someone has an idea for an episode, how could they get in contact with someone to share that information? I th there's, I mean, there's lots of Twitter accounts for people at the company. Um, almost everyone has a public Twitter account. You just tweet them. Or there's a few different emails that are pretty easy to find. Fun fact, the Cybertruck would be illegal anywhere that isn't the USA because of pedestrian safety regulations not being followed in the design. Okay. Uh, what are the odds of future accounting positions? One random fun fact about that, there are cars that are on the road in countries that would be illegal if that car was modified into that state by the owner, but because it was pre-approved uh, by the country for the manufacturer, it is able to be sold in its current state. So who knows? Maybe the country will just be like, yeah, that's fine. Um, bring back the matching shirts. Yeah. It wasn't a high five, it was a tri five. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what he was going for, to be honest. Um, so I just slapped it. Linus, when are you going to be on Hot Ones? I don't know. Possibly never. Nope, this person's not here for me. Okay. Uh, I'm just going through a bunch of these. Are the mouse pads coming along for the LTT store? I know literally no LTT store things, but I know the one that we have that's an LTT mouse pad is pretty sweet. I have literally no information for you. I am so sorry. I'm just a... finishing off Super Chats. Okay, cool. I have a very small update for the people. Okay. Um, it's dead. All right. So it's it would be full replacement? Super dead. Um, so here, I actually have a great picture. He, he did manage to get at the back of it because he's some kind of ninja. Um, hold on a second. Are you going to refocus? You should refocus. I will. Okay. I will refocus. Uh, okay. So uh, here, hold on. Is this my focus wheel? Where's my focus wheel at? Yeah. Ah, yes, there it is. Oh, beautiful. Look at that. Oh. Oh, yeah. So you think that this is a dark picture? Um, and it might be a bit of a dark picture, but that's not the main issue. Uh, the main issue is just that this thing is fried. Oh, boy. So that's where the fire was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, actually. Yeah. Giant dark spot on green PCB. <laughs> uh, yeah. Having a hard time getting the focus just right here. Hopefully that's good enough to close out the show. <coughs> um, so they're going to get back to me on Monday with what they can or cannot do for me. Um, and, yeah, hopefully... He says usually that kind of an issue is caused by a loose connection, and he thought it looked like there was no nut on this connector, but I think it was just because he was looking at the shot and it wasn't uh, bright enough. Well, that one looks yeah. like there isn't one. Oh, no, that one has oh, no that wire going have, yeah, to yeah, 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 so this one, there's different ways to hook it up, depending on whether you have single or three-phase power and the, what the input voltage is and stuff like that, if I recall correctly. So not necessarily every one of these, I believe they're called bus lines. Not every one of them would have uh, a connector on it, but I, I showed him, no, there there is definitely a nut on there, and it looks like a washer as well, so... Uh, 
hard oh, to say that, what's causing the Would that be arcane. a them installation issue or a you installation well, issue? Well, we had it installed, but we had it installed professionally. We didn't do it ourselves. Okay. Um, okay. Is there a warranty on that service? Uh, if there is, we would be past it. Okay. Because yeah. it's been like three and a half years. One last super chat. I'm 15, just bought a server. What should I do with it? Uh, Plex. File server. Safe place to store your files. Minecraft. Uh, own cloud. Okay. Honestly, Minecraft could be a good one. And all of those. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. Thanks for closing out the show for me. Right? Yeah. I just, I kind of had to deal with that. We were like super out of bounds <laughs> that whole time. Well, I kind of wasn't expecting you to keep going, actually. I thought you would just close it down. I tried to yell at you and be like, I'm going to end the show. Oh, I was in the server room. I know. Yeah, I, I, could, I couldn't hear you. Uh, yeah, fine. no, it's good. Well, I did a straw poll on what people like the most standard phones. And you actually didn't lose any live viewers. Like, there's still, like, 1,200 people watching them. That's cool. So I'm happy, because it was probably super boring. So you're, you're... <laughs> you really have to go, though, because I...